Hi, my name's Steve Claridge. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Hello and welcome to another NL Full-Time. I am Luke Edwards and it's a very important time of year. It's Christmas, nearly time to unwrap those presents. But we had the Saturday before Christmas with all the full fixtures on and it was fair to say there was a lot of surprises. Joining me to look through it is Chris Pratt. Hello, Chris. Hello, Luke. So, Chris, I know we're just having a look then and on Saturday it was a, a massive day for Leighton Orient. They won and everyone else around them slipped up. Yeah, massive day, wasn't it? Really big day for, for them and uh, obviously Macaulay Bond getting on the score sheet as well and they bounced back from defeat, I think it's fair to say, didn't they, at Boreham Wood last time out. And um, they've now opened a, a four-point uh, gap up at the top of the league. Now, you know, how long are they going to be able to keep Macaulay Bond for? Now, I know they're not just a one-man team, but there's interest. I've seen interest from Leeds. I've seen interest from Forest. I've seen interest from Norwich. And it's going to be really interesting come the new year if, if whether they can keep hold of the guy. Uh, you feel that Leighton Orient would have the sort of funds and the attraction to, to bring in somebody equally as good. But like you say, if, if they do lose him, they need Josh Caroma, who has been scoring, to step up even more. No, definitely. And, and you know, I did, I did sort of qualify that by saying they're definitely not a one-man team. They've got quality all around the all around the pitch there. But um, you know, when you've got a guy like that who is who is clearly clearly quality, he, he's someone you want to keep hold of. But if Championship teams come knocking, then you know what can you do? You can't say no, can he? The result of the day, Chris, I was probably Dagenham and Redbridge beating going to Salford and winning the fact that they fell behind as well made it even more impressive and I know Graham Alexander said that they need to respect people like Chesterfield and Dagenham and he feels that maybe they haven't shown them enough respect and that's why they've been beaten in the last two games yeah it's interesting comments that isn't it because obviously uh, you know Pierre Gianni scores the 1-0 up early in the game they're playing a the team from the sort of mid uh, mid-table mid to lower uh, reaches of the table you think Salford are just going to go on and win it but Dagenham and Redbridge are made of stern stuff nowadays, aren't they? If you look at the the record recently, they're on a march up the table. They're going in the right direction, and wow, what a win that is to to, to go on and win. And you know, Peter Taylor, I've just watched actually the interview with Peter Taylor, and um, he actually said he thinks Salford will go all the way. I don't know whether he was just being generous because <laughs> they they just won, but um, he actually said you know we were a better team when we went one nil down. So they almost needed that little bit of a a kick up the backside if you like and, and they really did kick on from there and funnily enough do you know who they've got next up Luke? Leighton Orient yeah exactly so uh, Leighton Orient are going to look at that and think well we're going to have to be prepared for this yeah I mean you look at Dagenham I think a month ago they were in the bottom four now they're in 15th granted they're, they're quite a way off the playoffs still but if they're a carry on this run of form after Christmas you can't write them off can you? They're going great guns, aren't they? They really are. And um, don't forget, um, Salford were unbeaten at home before yesterday. They, they, still, they don't seem to have much fear at the minute, which is why I don't think they will be fearing Leighton Orient. And obviously, you've got the the local elements, so there'll be a bit of. Uh, well, certainly, Dagenham Redbridge fans are wanting to give their big is the wrong word, isn't it? But um, possibly more well-known rivals a bit of a bloody nose. Yeah, massive Essex derby there on Boxing Day. Another result which kind of surprise people Harrogate I mean they got a good result last week and sort of closed in on Salford and, and Wrexham above them but they slipped up yesterday after going ahead against Eastley a similar story to Salford they went ahead early on and then fell to a 2-1 defeat and they slipped down to fourth now yeah they've been a bit patchy haven't they really Harrogate after um, after starting so well again a very very early goal in that game but it didn't seem to do much good because 
another team there's a lot of teams today if you have a look through the results there's a lot of teams that have come from behind and um, and game wins or or picked up draws and um, and Eastley Eastley obviously did come from behind and, and win yesterday but yeah I'm not sure obviously Rob saw Harrogate and was very impressed with them a couple of weeks ago against Aldershot but they seem to be slipping up a bit more they're, they're, they're a bit the form's a bit patchy now they don't seem to be putting runs together win one week they lose the next win one week lose the next and yeah, they, they they need a bit more consistency at the minute, I think. Yeah, three defeats in their last five now for Harrogate. And do have got any ambitions of getting promoted? They do need to be a bit more consistent. Wrexham, they <laughs> announced Graham Barrow this week as their new permanent manager. He had been caretaker charge for the last few games, but they gave him a job on a permanent basis this week. And he started off with a nil-nil draw at home to Aldershot. And before the game at Aldershot, Rob was joined by Ollie Williams, who works for the Wrexham media team. Well, I'm joined here pre-match at the Ebb Stadium by Ollie Williams, who works for... Uh, Wrexham's media department and uh, Ollie, there's a, there's a real buzz about the club this season. You've had, a, you've had obviously a similar setback to the one you had last year in terms of the managers. Uh, how are you finding the season so far? Yeah, it's a really exciting season. As you said, there's a, there's a huge buzz around the place, um, especially in this last week. There's been a real um, sense of excitement around the football club. So we've had a new manager in Graham Barrow who has been so influential already this season and he's come into the football club as, as manager now and that's a really exciting appointment I feel he's brought Mike Newell in as his assistant 24 hours later yeah. a really experienced manager in his own right as well as coach and then we've had the news of a new training ground as well which is in the pipeline uh, in partnership with the Wrexham Council and then on the same day Ben Tollett comes in on loan from Tranmere Rovers so this week and this season has been very exciting and then of course there is football uh, actually out there on the pitch and we've seen some great performances this season as well so when Sam Ricketts first moved on was there a little bit of a feeling oh my god not again before you obviously realised what was going to happen with Graham Barrow um, it's an interesting one with Sam um, you know obviously he's, he's departed the club he's gone on to, to Shrewsbury in League One and, and good luck to him but the football club I feel has moved on very quickly we made a very bold decision to, to ask him not to attend the game against Newport County and it gave the place a bit of a, a bit of a buzz that day as well so he's moved on the football club has moved on very very quickly they've made the appointment of Graham Barrow who's a man that they really wanted and I think a lot or if not the majority of Wrexham supporters are very very pleased with his appointment is experienced in terms of coaching he's an experienced player he's won the FA Cup as a coach he's been in the Premier League with the likes of Roberto Martinez he's got contacts from right to the top to right to the bottom and that with, with those who are also at the football club in terms of a coaching uh, capacity so like I say Mike Newell and uh, Carl Darlington I think uh, in terms of what we've got in the dugout is incredibly strong and uh, as far as Tollett's concerned has he been cleared to play today or not? Uh, not today I'm afraid he's uh, he's unavailable so if he does make his debut it could be against Salford City on Boxing Day I spoke to him last night he was, he was quite disappointed that he couldn't play today but um, he's really really excited about the challenge ahead of him and the reaction we have from supporters and us guys at the club as well everyone is really thrilled to have a player of Ben Tollett's calibre at the football club we've seen what he can do at Tranmere I'm personally really excited to see him I'm, I'm North Wales based Portsmouth fan. He was with Bumpy a few uh, a few years ago, and I mm. saw the, the glimpses of what he could do at Fratton Park. He's a really exciting player, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the Wrexham shirt. And I know you never get ahead of yourselves in football. We're talking pre-match here at the Ebb Stadium. From afar, is it a bit of a surprise to see uh, kind of what's happened at Aldershot with them struggling down the wrong end, particularly based on some of their performances against your team in the last recent years? Yeah, Aldershot for me, I remember coming down here uh, just over 12 months ago and thinking these could turn us over today and did 2-0 here. They were, they were a really, really strong side. 
Gary Waddock is um, one of my favourite managers at this division. I think he's a very, very good manager. Um, I think he's done a wonderful job here at Aldershot as well. In terms of today's game, it's such a strange one with what's been going on with Aldershot in recent weeks in terms of injuries, chatting to a few guys in mm. beforehand. A few key players are still in that squad, so the you can't think you're going to turn up here and turn them over. Today's an interesting one. It's a game that Wrexham will expect to win. It's a game that Wrexham need to win, especially we've got Sol- uh, Salford, Solihull, and then Salford again coming up. Mm. That is a major, major uh, part of our season over the next uh, coming two weeks. So today's a must win for Wrexham as well to make sure we uh, keep up with the, the leading pack. Yeah, fantastic to see what's going on at the club. I think... Uh, Last year there was a bit of a feeling from a third of the way through the season that it might just be Tranmere's year. The difficulty of course for for you guys is as strongly as you're contending in third place, there's not one but two teams in Salford and Orient that you've got to overcome and therefore he's not completely in your control uh, uh, unless you can get the results against those sides of course. Yeah, I think Wrexham need to focus on themselves this season. They need to just take it game by game. I don't really think it's just Salford and Orient. I think there's other clubs up there who are surprising. Look at Harrogate. They had a great start to this season. If they can keep that going, then they'll have a real shot at it as well. Look at Solihull as well. What a surprise package they've been this season. They've been outstanding. They inflicted our first defeat of the season um, when we went down to them uh, on uh, Bank Holiday Monday in August. They're some really good sides. I think there's, there's five or six who may be thinking to themselves, do you know what, we could go for this. Um, and you know Wrexham certainly are one of those but there are some really strong challenges this season I guess to some extent bearing in mind you just missed out uh, on the playoffs last season um, that without getting too ahead of yourselves that that, that would be a, a good season wouldn't it I, I know you've had the dizzy heights of first place quite a bit in the in the first month but if I if I gave you the choice now gamble you might win the title or not or you you secure a place in the playoffs how would you look at that question <laughs> it's an interesting question um, I don't think any team who's up there in the top six at the moment wouldn't want to gamble and go for the title. If we go for the title and miss out on it, we've still got the playoffs, so give me the title now. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very, very good answer. Ollie, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game today. And we'll uh, speak to you again uh, next time. So that was Ollie Williams pre-match, and as I said, it was uh, a nil-nil draw in the end between Wrexham and Aldershot. I know it was a draw Rob was cock-a-hoot with. Wrexham won't be quite as happy although they did leapfrog Harrogate in the end yeah due to obviously we just spoke didn't we obviously Harrogate getting beaten and um, first of all great point for Aldershot you know they've had their real troubles in the last few in the last couple of weeks with uh, with well Rob's talked about isn't it their injury setbacks at the moment so that really is an absolutely fantastic point for them in terms of Wrexham, well, you know, I would say what a job to be taking at, at that time. You know, you you stepping into a role. Obviously, has been there a few weeks anyway, but you're stepping into a role with a team who are in the in the top reaches of the table. And if you if you look at these type of jobs, not many managers get to do that. You're often taking over a team who are in the lower reaches of the tables. You know, mid mid towards the or towards the bottom of the table. And he's taking over a team in a really good position. And a, what a great job and. You know, with Salford losing the last couple of games, with Harrogate, who, as we said, is former is a bit patchy at the moment. Wrexham have got a really good chance. Yeah, it was interesting to hear Graham Barrow uh, during the week saying that he thought the management sort of ship had sailed. He, he was he was happy being an assistant manager, but then he said he couldn't really turn on the opportunity um, with the lads there, and he has done scouting for Fylde, so it's not like he's somebody who's just kind of come from Football League and, and dropped into that job he, he's been around the filed setup, so he does know the National League as well yeah exactly and um, you know that that's a real plus isn't it and 
a guy with a bit of experience. He's been there. He's done that. He's got great connections in the game. I think it, it makes sense, doesn't it, when you look at it like that? And after the game, Rob caught up with the Wrexham manager, Graham Barrow. I'm joined by Wrexham manager, Graham Barrow. Um, Graham, first game in uh, full charge, and uh, your old adversary there, Mr. Waddock, in the order shot to. Uh, bench would would always say never underestimate a point away from home. What's your thoughts on uh, on that one today? No, that my feelings as well. Really, I mean, I've been in the game long enough to know that uh, you know to to achieve anything, you you, you have to. Uh, I, I believe more in the the unbeaten bit. You know, being unbeaten. I think when you get uh, beat at this level, I think players at this level, because you know when you worked at all levels, it, they're a bit uh, fragile confidence-wise, a bit fragile, you know, even when they're doing well, so I think it's more a case of just keeping it going. I mean, we've done, tried to win the game, we've worked mm. hard to try and win the game, we have really kept them at bay in terms of their opportunities, you know, you heard, heard all the rumours about them struggling with injuries, but we, last week we were down to 13 players, but we never said anything about it, we just got on with it today, and uh, we really did push to win the game second half, and the keepers made some good serves, so, you know, that. Uh, I'll, I'll take that and then hopefully, like we have been doing really, we, we pick the odd points up away from home and then uh, at Barrow and Chesterfield and places like that, then come home and won, won games and then you shoot up the table. So that's what I think that's still a recipe for success. And uh, you had plenty of experience in football, right uh, from the top end of the game down to this level, but uh, what do you think's needed really to. <laughs> apart from winning the playoffs or the league to, to, to get out of this division from what you've seen so far what sort of combination what sort of mix do you need to, to get up I think you've got to um, basically stay in the race base, you know um, anything can happen now uh, we've just had a spurt of a couple of injuries but I think any team in this league is going to you know they'll be very lucky to, to go like without suspensions without injuries uh, so it could happen to Orient, it could happen to Salford you know so we've just got to be ready to pounce and as long as we keep keep going unbeaten then we will be ready to pounce but there is money available to do something but it's, it's been proven a difficult window um, for everybody in football mm. as you, when you hear them talk so hopefully we can get something just a you know a bit more competition uh, up front we have been really strong at the back midfield we're, we're reasonably strong you know Young was missing today suspended but at the top end of the pitch, we just need a bit of bit of something, a bit of an X factor, which we've got to find from somewhere. Brilliant. And that was the Wrexham manager Graham Barrow. File day got back to winning ways. I know Dave Challoner wasn't happy last week. He was saying that uh, again they need to book their ideas up, but it's three wins in the last five. Now they're up to fifth, only four points off second place, and it sounded like a fairly routine win over Ebbsfleet. Yeah, it did, didn't it? And. Um... That's probably what they needed, wasn't it? After not winning the last couple of matches, they they probably needed a just a routine two 0 I mean, it was one 0 for a, quite a lot of a lot of that game. So absolutely, we're always in it. But if you look at the filed squad, if you get the website up and look at the players in that squad, I I maintain it's it's as good as any other squad in the league. And I would include your you know your Harrogates and your your Salfords and and Leighton Orange. They've got some fantastic players and. I say it every time, Luke, but when you've got someone like Danny Rowe, who anyone who's seen Danny Rowe will see that he doesn't always contribute hugely towards the game, mm. but he scores goals, and that's what you want your strikers to do at the end of the day, isn't it? And yeah, really good win for them, and they'll be pleased that they, they got back on the horse. 
the thing for Fylde as well, Chris, is it's quite a young squad. So you look at you look at Lake Norwich, you look at Salford, you look at Wrexham. They've got young players, but they've got a mixture of experience as well. But this Fylde team is probably they're all around the mid twenties, mid to late twenties, no more, aren't they? So you feel if they do keep that squad together, that they, they can keep it together for three or four years and keep progressing. Yeah, absolutely. They're building, aren't they? And they've got a guy there that they back. They've got a guy who's been, he's, he's brought them up through the levels and knows the club really well. Nice guy to, to talk to, you know, at, at the end of the game and everything. They've got the setup there, and you can only see good things happening, can't you? Yeah, I was saying, it's, I think it's um, Project 2022, isn't it? So they were hoping to do that a bit earlier. Another team had a good wing yesterday, Chris. I know you wanted to have a look at it. With, was Gates said now? Granted, they're playing Maidstone, who are in who are in the bottom four, but still, it's a long, long trip. That so to come back with the three points would have made it a lot sweeter. Well, everything's a long, long trip, isn't it? <laughs> For Gates said, let's face it. Yeah, what? And they were three 0 up in that game as well. So they had a few nervy moments. I was having a look through some of the the fans' comments on the on this game, and they're saying we never ever make it easy for ourselves but they go into Christmas in the playoffs and you know they would have snapped your hand off at that at the start of the season the seventh at the minute and it's in in those playoff positions Luke Molyneux got a couple and what I thought was really interesting if you look at the team sheet yesterday there were five players who were in the reserve squad last season who were part of that team yesterday so it just shows that Steve Watson He's working with what he's got there. He's bringing players through and using his contacts as well that he has in, in, in that neck of the woods and doing a cracking job, you've got to say. And you've probably got to say, Luke, if they're, if they're awarding managers managers of the half season, if you can call it that, managers pre-Christmas manager award, that you know he'd be up there, wouldn't he, Steve Watson, I think? Definitely. And if you were doing it as well in terms of managers with what, what they've got to spend as well, he'd definitely be up there because... Certainly, yeah. the budgets they're not splashing thousands and pounds about a week, are they really? No, they're not at all, and and they do that based on um, a very passionate but not a huge amount of, of supporters as well. I know one of the things that they're really trying to get on Boxing Day is they're trying to get a lot of the um, a lot of the Tyneside fans to to come over, a lot of the Newcastle fans, and maybe some Sunderland fans and what have you to try and get the biggest crowd of the season. And on the resources they've got there, he's doing an absolute cracking job. And if you're a young player as well, Chris, looking at that, you'll think, well, I want to go and work for Steve Watson because he'll probably give me a chance at some stage. Yeah, he's also a name in Luke. He's also a guy that you respect because he has been there and he's done that. You know, he's done it. He had a great career, didn't he? He had a real good professional career with some top clubs. And he's a guy that when he talks, you, you listen to him, he's got a bit of gravitas. He's also done his apprenticeship, hasn't he? He did it, at, uh, you know, he'd been at Macclesfield where. He, he worked with, with John Askey for for a while as well and you know he, he, he's another guy isn't he you can see uh, real going places but fantastic stuff from Gateshead you know they've got we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about Solihull in a second but you've got Solihull up there with them as well and it just shows that this league whilst the the, I would say the the big three, if you like. Um, if you're taking you know Chesterfield out of the equation, Leighton Orient, Salford, and Wrexham are found in the top three uh, positions in the table. This this league does give a chance to teams like Gateshead and Solihull and what have you. And if you do string a, a win together, and if you are consistent, and if you do the right things, you, you do have a chance. Yeah, talking of Solihull, they met another of the teams who've kind of defied expectation this season, certainly in our eyes, in terms of our predictions. But it, they played Barrow at home, and 
Barrow went there and got a 1-0 victory and that is a fantastic victory for Barrow because we know how strong Solihull are at home yeah brilliant for Barrow as well and with everything that's been going on at Solihull I, I think you know if you, if you look at the last few league results for, for Solihull I'm just looking at them now um, obviously defeat draw win draw and you do sometimes wonder whether the FA Cup adventure has, has paid its toll a little bit in the last few matches and that's where you do look at teams like this and you think well Leighton Orange your Salfords of this world they've got a big squad so they can probably cope better if you know if something like that that does happen and, and I hope I hope Solihull do get jumped back on the bus because they're having a great season so far and it'd be, it'd be a shame for them to, to drop off now. Yeah, of course, he went to extra time in midweek against Blackpool, so it was probably a decent time for Barrow to play them as well because they went through the ringer, didn't they, in that game, Solihull? Oh, well, absolutely. And, you know, it wasn't just a, a normal extra time. There was... It, <laughs> It was heartbreaking that game, wasn't it? It was a, it was such a good game, and it would have taken such a lot out of them. And let's be honest, it, although Barrow's form has been really good actually in recent weeks as well, so it's probably one that you look at and you think, yeah, fair enough, get that one out of the way, and then start again. So a good win as well for Bromley. That means they pulled themselves clear six points clear of the relegation zone now they beat Maidenhead on Saturday and also Braintree good good result for them against Borenwood who were Luke Garrard's bemoaned consistency in recent weeks he said they can beat Leighton Orient but then they've got to go and do it at places like Braintree well they only got a 1-1 draw there uh, Justin Shabu scored yet again but it, it meant they only got one point out of the game so we'll move on now to the National League North Hi I'm Harry Wheeler and you're listening to the NL Full Time Podcast So looking at the National League North now Chris and Charlie I mean again they, they, they've hiccuped a little bit haven't they? they they lost 4-2 at home to Blythe on Saturday couple that with Bradford Park having used 1-0 win against Hereford it means Bradford are three points clear at Christmas albeit Charlie do have a game in hand yeah absolutely um, Bradford first they just got the job done didn't they um, Lewis Knight goal what a job you know again we've uh, spoken a lot about managers today haven't we but what a job Matt Bowers doing there uh, absolutely fantastic stuff and absolutely no one well we didn't did we no I think I predicted them to be in the playoffs but no one would have thought that Bradford Park Avenue would be would be top of the league at Christmas doing an absolutely fantastic job that he is there and um, you know they're scoring tons of goals as well they've scored 41 goals this season they're scoring goals for fun they only needed one yesterday but one was enough and you know really 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 good stuff from, from Bradford Park Avenue and going on to Charlie now I've got to say I looked at this game and I thought Blythe are on an absolute tear up at the minute they've won 7 out of the last 7 in all competitions if you include the uh, a couple of FA Trophy matches thrown in there they're going great guns and their record their league record read 1-5 drawn 2 lost 9 they're now 1-10 drawn 2 lost 9 they're going they're the form team at the minute so whilst you look at it and you think that is a surprise and it is a surprise because Charlie haven't been doing too bad in the, in the league in, in, in recent weeks after you know they started like house on fire they had a bit of a slump and they're not doing too badly but um, I think they've just hit a team in absolute top form at the minute in uh, in Bride Spartans and I I think that goes somewhere to explaining that one. Why they're only out of the playoffs on goal difference, and that's occupied by Stockport County. You got a hard-fought one-one draw at Alfreton, which extends their unbeaten run to four games. And um, I think Stockport were, were pleased with a point in the end, and it keeps them just in the playoff places after their six-nil win on Tuesday. Yeah, they, I think they, they they probably were pleased with the point in the end. They they probably would have wanted to 
to try for the three down at Alfreton, especially because Alfreton's you know, record in recent weeks hasn't been that good, but Billy seemed to galvanise them yesterday. I mean, you can't forget, obviously, the uh, the seven-one defeat that they suffered uh, not so long ago as well. And uh, yeah, they seemed, it was a it was, it was a good point for them, and it was a good point in the Amphrey Stockport County. Now, I was at Ashton United on Tuesday night when um, when Stockport won six 0 and. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it could have been more and they did the job they did the business I think it was probably a statement result for the rest of the league they moved up from 11th into 7th they won't want to be going out of those playoff positions now for the rest of the season but if we can just take a second to to speak about Ashton as well they've, they've got a few injuries at the moment and they really were not at the races they've, they've lost um, while well, they're on a, a terrible losing streak at the minute Ashton United and I, I really do fear for them and I think uh, I think Jody Bannum's going to have to uh, he's going to have to bring some players in I think now that's difficult we spoke to him a few weeks ago didn't we and he, he spoke about the finances and um, about how difficult it is for, for a club of their of their stature in this division and so to bring someone in you've got to, you know someone might have to go out so it's it's a real tricky balance he's got but they've got to do something soon they've got to arrest the current slump that they're in I think yeah Ashton they, they lost again on Saturday to Southport and Southport are in a, they're doing a bit of a dagger them aren't they Chris they looked dead and buried about a month or two ago but they're now five points clear of the relegation zone yeah they are they're, they are definitely the form team in, in that uh, that end of the table and they've had a lot of obviously a lot of publicity re- recently Southport with their own FA Cup run uh, which unfortunately for them came to an end before they got to uh, they got to face the might of, of, of Tottenham Hotspur in the next round but all the talk around there they had a lot of publicity and I was looking at it and they, they're talking about being a league team that's their aim they want to get back in the football league they've set everything up off the pitch to be able to get back in the football league they've got a manager who knows the club extremely well at the moment a manager who you know it did raise eyebrows when uh, when Liam Watson got the job and with Kevin Davis losing losing his job and what have you but what it's it seems to be paying dividends now because they are they seem to have settled down and they are marching back up the division again two teams who have snuck up into the playoff places over the recent weeks are Chester they came from behind to beat AFC Telford 2-1 that man Aquasia Santi scored yet again uh, along with Anthony Dudley and Altrincham they drew 3-3 with Darlington had to come from behind three times as well a very entertaining game could have gone either way by all accounts but Chester Chris you saw him a few weeks ago Jono and Bernard have really got a motor and like you say they've got a player there in Asante haven't they yeah I'm really really impressed with with, with Chester and I've, I've got to say if we, if we can do some mid-season predictions I think Chester might go on and win the league this season I think they are, they are that good I think um, Asante is Quality. He, you've got you've got to watch him. He is. I think he's better than this division. And obviously, he's he's there on loan, so it'd be interested to see whether you know that could be made permanent. But he's, a, he's his movement is fantastic. His touch is fantastic. Fantastic. And they've got some great players there. And, and as you say, yeah, they, Ben and John do seem to be doing the business because. You look at the troubles they had with the stadium at the start of the season. There were a few games behind everyone else, but in a way that might help them because it helped them get onto a little bit of a, 
a run. They had a terrible result at Blythe, didn't they? <laughs> Earlier on in the season, but yeah, and that and that can destroy some teams. That that can really send you send you packing. But the the three groups and the, they're doing really well, and I think they're looking really impressive because Telford are no mugs as well, and um, you know, really good win. Yeah, and it, just going back to uh, Asante as well, we're just saying. I think you said it a few weeks ago, Chris. Like, why why is it? Like, why couldn't he get a game at Tamworth and all of a sudden he's on loan at Chester and like say he's tearing it up now uh, it doesn't make any sense it, it really doesn't you know I, I didn't speak to him the other day um, when uh, when they played Stockport but you've got to wonder whether you know is there, is there some kind of fallout there or some sort of personality clash maybe but he's he's an absolute cracking player he really is and um, I think I think away fans will enjoy watching him play, albeit not scoring against them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and a perfect, uh, perfect player, Sante, a Sante, a Sante, a quasi Sante, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, right, Sante, nearly right. Sante. Yeah, a Sante. There's a headline in there somewhere. We just, we just can't get it. Yeah, we just can't. Yeah, <laughs> anyone who's good at puns can get a, a Sante in Christmas pun in there, can't they? <laughs> Altrincham, um, fantastic draw for them top scorers in the division and they're never out of the game they were 3-1 down yesterday at home to, to Darlington quite probably surprisingly because you you know look at the form you look at the table <clears throat> and you would think um, Altrincham's got a goal after 10 minutes albeit they were Darlington were one up already and you think Altrincham were going to go on but they came back from 3-1 3-1 behind and, and earned a draw there and you know it, it stops their winning streak but I think that is a point that you'll take. That is a point that they'll be happy with. Um, they really do. They really are um, doing the business, aren't they? Altering them at the minute, and su- surprisingly so. They've just carried the men- momentum for last season, and sometimes it works for teams like that to go down, didn't it? Because they mm. they really did build up that momentum, and they just haven't stopped. And you know they're doing uh, fantastically well this season. Yeah, it was a home form that was stopping them at the start of the season, but they've they've picked that up now, and that's why they're up in the playoff places. Chris, another result I want to look at is. Is Curzon Ashton first point for Mark Bradshaw since uh, he took full charge there of the team and it was nearly all three but they were denied by a Dan Bradley injury time equaliser down at Agbra against Kidderminster yeah and I think they were probably denied the National League North result of the day weren't they because no one would have thought they, that in fairness Curzon would have a chance going to to Kidderminster albeit Kidderminster's form has been a little bit patchy of late but um was it not something like the seventh minute of injury time that that that, that goal went in? I think it was something, it was something daft like that. And you know, when something like that happens, especially um, you know, given the circumstances, Curzon, in fairness, have been really struggling, haven't they? Um, in recent weeks, we've spoken a lot about you know John Flanagan's departure and uh, Mark Bradshaw coming in, but they can only look forward now. You know, you can't look back at that and. You know, hopefully they might take a bit of when they when they look back at it today, they might take a little bit of uh, confidence out of that because they've run one of the one of the big boys close. Just just looking then, Chris, in terms of predictions, would you, would you say Ashton and Eaton are the two most likely to go down? Hereford the only one who've maybe got a chance out of those bottom three at the minute. Well, I think it'd be hard to argue against Ashton United and, and Nuneaton, wouldn't it? At the moment, you know, Nuneaton got a fantastic win last week, but. It's the few and far between, and, and Aston United can't. They just can't buy a point. And I, I really feel for Jordy Bannerman. You know, I was watching him on Tuesday night, and he, he was just stood there, arms folded, thinking, 
you can read it on his face. He's thinking, "Where's the next point coming from?" So I think, whilst you know, whilst I'd love to see one of those teams, both of those teams get on a run, I think those two, although they're only four points off FC United, are really going to struggle. The third place, do you know? What I think you can look at. I think Southport will be fine. Southport on a bit of a run now, but I think you can look at Hereford, FC United, Darlington, even though they they got a point yesterday, and probably Curzon, possibly Alfreton are in that are in that conversation. Yeah, because guys have got game in hand. They won at Nuneaton on Saturday. You feel that they'll pull at the table, and York will as well after their win over Brackley. So yeah, like you say, you're probably looking at. Alfton, Curzon, Darlington FC and Hereford for that last spot yeah I think so Hereford need to do some work quickly and you know, I think FC have got enough about them to get the odd win here and there Darlington are in a bit of free fall at the moment which is why that point yesterday would have been so so good for them Hi everyone I'm Martin Tyler you are listening to the NL Full Time Podcast So moving on to the National League South and Chris there's only one result to start with and that is Woking going to Billericay and winning by four goals to nil now I know Billericay have had their issues over the last uh, last few weeks but for Woking to go there four different scorers to win 4-0 is a it's the result of the day isn't it absolutely and Billericay issues what issues I haven't heard much about them in the last couple of seasons <laughs> the last few weeks no only joking yeah I mean they yeah they, it's a, it is a really good win that isn't it and as you know four different goal scorers as well which is always pleasing pleasing for the manager they were 3-0 up before half time so you've got to say it was probably uh, in the bag if you like before then and um, they're having a great season aren't they really woke in you know they great cup runs and um, going well in the league now as well and um try to close that gap on, on Torquay they, they have got a couple of games in hand now as well yeah I think that'll be the most pleasing thing for Alan Dowson won't it is that they've got that FA Cup game with Watford on the horizon and but they've not t- taken a focus off the league which as we mentioned with Solihull maybe it's happened with them but with Woking it hasn't yeah and, and, and you know with Woking I, I think it really helps that they've got um, they've got someone that takes the not takes the limelight off of Alan Dowson but obviously with Martin Tyler being there and a lot of the press want to speak to him all the time and you know he can be the face of it while Alan Dowson gets on gets on with the job in hand and um, <clears throat> doing a really good job and you know after going down last season they'll be really pleased with the position that they're in so far they'll want to get out of, with, of the, the National League South you know they're, they're probably a bigger club with all due respect to the rest of the division than the National League South they're definitely doing the business at the moment you're sounding all emotional over it Chris <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think the emotion might be in those pints of beer that I had last night on my Christmas day <laughs> <laughs> As you said, Woking are in second place, but they have got two games in hand on Torquay, who hit the top of the division for the first time this season. They won 3 0 at Hampton and Richmond Borough. And again, it's almost, well, they've eclipsed Dagenham, I think, Chris, haven't they, in, in what they've done, Torquay? And Gary Johnson's just come in, and, uh, well, he's got the ball rolling, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, absolutely. And obviously, they've got the, the most fantastically named goal scorer of the day as well. I noticed you didn't try and pronounce Calvin Lumbombo Kalala's name for his uh, for his brace there. But yeah, it's a really good win that uh, for Torquay going away from home at Hampton and Rich- Richmond. Albeit not the same team that they have been in recent seasons this uh, this season. But Torquay's form is absolutely fantastic, isn't it? And when you get on that run, when you're just winning match after match after 
the match. It becomes a habit, and it certainly seems like it is doing so for for Turkey at the moment. Chris, another team who were struggling at the start of the season, but they're on an absolute fire as well. Uh, uh, Oxford City, a city you know quite well, but and they're also in the shadow of Oxford United, Oxford United, albeit they beat the bottom team in the league, Western Supermare on Saturday but again that Mankabango Shishimanga scored and they're in the playoff places now yeah they are in the playoff places and um, they're only going in one direction <laughs> at the moment aren't they and, and that's up they're scoring a lot of goals with it as well uh, they do concede don't don't get me wrong they do concede but they do score a lot of goals and I think that's what's what's making them fly up the table and in what is a really really congested National League South if you take if you take from from Billericay downwards there's only 8 points separating 13 to 3rd position but it seems that Oxford City are the movers at the minute in, in that bunch probably along with Dartford as well Yeah and as I say Shishimanga has been scoring goals for him this year he got released by MK Dons a couple of years ago did okay at Boston last year but he's really found his feet at Oxford City this season Bath City they've slipped out of the playoff places in the, in the last few weeks um due to mainly not playing games but they had a good win over Chelmsford by two goals to nil and I know Jerry Gill was saying after the game that it was a really professional performance against a really good National League South team and he liked how they were brave on the ball goals for Anthony Straker and then Tom Smith from the penalty spot a goal for Anthony Straker from the penalty spot and then Tom Smith sealing the deal at the end well in nil they only got a draw at Helmel Hempster but they'd be glad about the, that because in the end they needed an 86 minute equaliser from Gavin McCallum to rescue them a point they stay in fourth and well in what a resurgence for them this season Chris yeah no absolutely and um, the, again they're another one of those teams in in that um, playoff mix or you know maybe even pushing for pushing for the top spot aren't they well in and they're a team who've underperformed in in recent in recent seasons. A team, and they're a famous national league name. They're going in well. The, the form has been patchy of late. They lost a couple before that draw yesterday, but they'll be wanting to stay in those playoff positions as the season progresses. And I think they'll they'll probably be happy with that. You've got to expect around those top marks. You're probably going to expect Billericay maybe to to drop a little bit further out of those um, out of those places albeit they've, you know, they've won two out of the last three Bilirki, but um, well and will certainly be targeting them but whether they can get past Woking and Torquay will be uh, will be a difficult one I think Just before we look at the uh, who who we feel might go down from that division it was ironic to see that with the wet weather around recently that Slough Town had uh, Christopher Flood scored two for them yesterday. He sank Easter at United. Oh, Luke, you beat me to it. I was going <laughs> to. I had a little pun, but um, that's probably better than mine. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. And um, Easter, you've got to worry um, for them. Uh, I think I think we were say, we were talking off air, weren't we? That is similar picture to the to the National League North when you've got East Thorpe and, and Western Supermare uh, down there. But for for Slough, that was a very good win and. Um, they're in the sort of low to mid table at the minute. Uh, they'll be pleased with that. They, they hadn't won in three before yesterday, but they did the job, didn't they? They put away a team that they were probably expected to beat, and um, the goals came flooding in for Christopher, didn't they? They did indeed, and uh, they got a couple of games in hand, so they could pick up a name towards those player places. In terms of the bottom, Chris, as we say, I think Easterick and a bit like Ashton and Nuneaton uh, in the south. Now you got Easterick and Weston who are 
albeit East Stoke are only three points off the relegation zone, but they just can't seem to buy a win. Uh, I mean, they've only won one of the last five. Hungerford there struggling as well, but you've also got Truro, Gloucester and Dulwich above them, and they're probably the, the three that would go, although you're looking at Eastbourne are on a terrible run as well at the minute. So if you go up to Eastbourne and probably work your way down from there for the last relegation spot. Yeah, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. Um, you've got Truro, though, are on a decent run of form. Um, albeit their game was was called off yesterday, but yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with, with with any of that at all. And apart from Truro, if you look through those teams, there's no teams who putting together a string of anything really. There's the odd win there, then there's a little loss, and then there's a draw and what have you. So yeah, yeah, I would. I think you'd probably go up to to Dulwich, possibly Eastbourne. Yeah. Our step three team of the week this week is North Ferriby United. Now, they were formed, first of all, in 1934. In 1989, North Ferriby had their first real taste of success when they advanced to the semi-finals at the FA Vars, where they lost to Tamworth after winning the first leg at Tamworth by two goals to one. The 1996-97 season saw them appear in the FA Vars final at Wembley. They were defeated by three goals to nil by Whitby Town and they reached the Premier Division of the Northern Premier League for the first time in a club's history in 2005 after they won Division 1 of the Northern Premier League. In 2013, North won promotion to the National League North, as it's known now, under the, the stewardship of Billy Heath, who's now at Alfredton Town. In 2015, they beat Wrexham in one of the biggest shocks in FA Trophy final history and then they were promoted to the National League in 2016 having won the National League North playoffs unfortunately though they were relegated after one season and that's kind of where the turmoil has since started now if you think your team is having a bad time of it North Ferry United got relegated from the National League then they finished bottom of the National League North and now this season they are bottom of the Evo Stick Premier Division. Now we heard from Steve Housham last year when they were bottom of the National League North saying how hard it was and how they were struggling to get players, even teams from two divisions below were offering them more money. Well as I said eventually they did get relegated and they're not having a much better time of it this season. The Alums who were involved at Hull have now left the club and they've got a new chairman in charge called Carl Chadwick. What the owners want to do is move the club to a site in East Hull. There's a lot going on in a minute. There's a Save North Ferriby United campaign going on. And I found out more from the head of the North Ferriby Supporters Trust. It is Mark Layton. So we're here uh, at Hyde United today to see North Ferriby, who are our Step 3 team of the week. And I'm with Mark Layton, who's part of the North Ferriby United Supporters Club. Now, on, last year on the podcast, we interviewed Steve House, and he was quite downbeat about the way things were going in terms of you had very little money to spend, you were struggling at the wrong end of the National League North at the time. The Alums have since gone, you've got new owners in, but then it's not got much better in terms of off the field, has it? I know you've been struggling with the on the field stuff, you're bottom of the league currently, but off the field, there's more shenanigans, isn't there? That's right, I think this season's been difficult for the club. We uh, have gone through a period where we took on new ownership at the start of the season, a guy called Carl Chadwick took over the club as, as owner and chairman, and to be fair, the results haven't gone our way. We started the season pretty well with a couple of decent results. We got a, uh, a draw at Marine and we beat South Shields and things were looking up. Shortly after that, the results turned against us. We lost our first manager, Chris Boulder, and his assistant, Paul Robson. 
we then took on uh, a different manager, Paul Foote, who used to be with the club. Yeah. Even though the managerial team changed, the results haven't. Um, they've gone against us, we've had some heavy defeats, and uh, it's been a difficult time. So in terms of uh, what's going on from what I believe, then it, the new owner wants to change it into East Hull, move you out of the village into a new sports complex, is that right? Um, what it is, uh, one of the guys involved in the club, a guy called Jamie Waltham, has uh, a ground at Dunswell Park which is close to north of Hull not actually East Hull but north of Hull there is a ground there where a club called East Yorkshire Carnegie play and the intention is that um, the associate of, of Carl Chadwick Jamie Waltham wants to uh, move the club relocate the club to Dunswell Park but also rename the club as well um, the proposal and the application made to the FA and the Northern Premier League is to relocate to Dunswell and also rename the club East Hull um, and that's the that's in the pipeline at the moment those applications have been made and I think we'll probably find out shortly after Christmas in terms of the outcome from the FA and the Northern Premier League as well It's bizarre though because one you're in West Hull for a start and uh, two well you're a village club so you can't really move a village to the other side of the city because you're not like in the city as such are you so it's what, what's the reasoning behind it I think the idea is that uh, Ferriby are at a certain level at the moment and uh, rather than start from a low level and build a club up at Dunswell Park um, the owner wants to transfer the level of football to Dunswell mm. so that kind of gives them a head start in terms of the level there was something in the local press in the Hull Daily Mail around potentially using that level to generate grant funding um, but develop the ground at Dunswell and I think the intention is to do that at the level Ferriby are rather than start further down the pyramid so in, in terms of North Ferriby, you're a small fan base, but you're a loyal fan base, aren't you? And, um, re I've been reading a lot about this re um, recently, and you're all digging your feet, and you're not letting this go at all, are you? No, I think there, there is a loyal fan base there, and there's real commitment from the people that, and the supporters that go to the games. There's around about, I'd say, 200 core supporters that go to Ferriby, and there was a campaign started a few months ago in terms of Save North Ferriby, and the intention around that was to ensure that Ferriby kept its name, North Ferriby United, but continued to play at the Grange Lane ground in North Ferriby. Um, and that's gone pretty well. We started a petition with um, the Change.org organisation and gathered around about 10,000 signatures from people around the country, for almost from the non-league community in terms of providing support for that as well. So that's been really encouraging. In, in, if people want to sign up and get involved to help save North Ferriby, how did you go about doing it? Well, then go to change.org, which is a website on the internet, and if they simply type in Save North Ferriby, they will see the, um, the web link to the petition that was set up. And if they could sign up to that, it would be great. Really great news. Brilliant. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, best of luck for the future. Many thanks, Luke. And that was Mark Layton, and unfortunately things didn't get any better for North Ferriby on Saturday's They lost by three goals to nil at Hyde United to lead them rock bottom still. But we wish them well for the future, and if you do want to get involved, go to that change website that Mark mentioned. And in terms of Boxing Day, I mean, there's so many good fixtures out there. It's difficult to pick them out because in the National League, of course, a lot of them are derbies, aren't they, Chris? But, uh, I mean, like you say, the one that sort of stands out in the National League is, is Dagenham and Redbridge against Lake in Orient yeah that's I've, yeah I think you're right I think that's probably going to be game of the day isn't it I mean you've got the Dagenham who are on form Dagenham who just beaten Leighton Orient's rivals in Salford City against uh, against local rivals themselves Leighton Orient who you've got to say are looking uh, are looking favourites at the minute for the league yeah although it is um 
It is second versus third as well at the racecourse ground as Wrexham take on Salford. Uh, that'll be a tasty fixture as well. And Salford will be looking to bounce back and Wrexham will be looking to, to keep the heat on on Leighton Orient. <coughs> yeah, I mean, those players aren't going to be able to tuck into the full Christmas dinner early with that, knowing that that one's coming up. And uh, Salford are going to have to bounce back. And as you said, you know, Graham Alexander... It said it himself. He's not very happy at the moment with the with the way that they were they performed certainly yesterday, and um, and Wrexham Wrexham are probably on a bit of a high. They'll, they'll be have a bit of a, a confidence boost. Obviously, they would have been disappointed to lose uh, to lose Sam Ricketts, but uh, they've got that that new manager th- thing going on at, at the moment. Um, you know, all the shot obviously held them yesterday, and uh, it'll be a big one there. Yeah, definitely a bit a big game and a real chance for one of them to to put one over on promotion chases. In the north, Chris, some tasty derbies. Um, none more so than Geisley versus Bradford. So Mark Bauer going back to his his old club, Geisley. He'll have got games in hand to pick up after their FA Cup exploits, and um, that'll be a really interesting game because I think Geisley are in a slightly false position aren't they yeah Geisley are, are better than the, the position suggests I mean we were there weren't we when we saw them beat Cambridge United and didn't just beat them they smashed them um, in, the, in the FA Cup um, was it a month or two ago now um, however I was there last week and saw them slip up against Lancaster so in the FA Trophy so they are a bit of a, a Jekyll and Hyde side but I think they're definitely a false position but Who'd fancy going up against Bradford Park Avenue at the moment? Because uh, they're seeming to do well against everyone they come up against at the minute. But uh, yeah, that that really is a good derby, that one. And the return of the Ashton derby as well. Chris Curzon Ashton versus Ashton <laughs> United. Both teams not in great form. And uh, it's all everyone's talking about in Tameside at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, it will be, and it will be a great game. There's, a, you know, there's history between those two. I'm not sure whether any, anyone will remember this, but uh, obviously Curzon beat Ashton on the way to to getting promoted, didn't they, a few seasons ago? So uh, Ashton United fans will have that one in, in the back of their minds. And do you know what? Maybe this is what could kickstart Ashton. Um, you know, a win in a derby like this, you'll have another game coming up very soon afterwards. It could be make or break for them, I think, this game, a really important one. Yeah, and a couple of other ones as well that stand out in Southport versus Chester. We'd say Southport in a good run of form, slightly <coughs> false position. Chester will go there full of form, but uh, in, in really good form, as we said earlier. And But that could be a bit of an upset as well. And also Stockport versus Altrincham, they meet yet again in the, in the league after... <laughs> I think they've met twice in the cup competitions already and they've still got to meet each other in the league. Will they meet each other on Boxing Day now? Yeah, and on the... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think on uh, New Year's Day as well. So um, <laughs> they, they'll know a hell of a lot about each other. Um, come uh, come mid January, they'll probably be sick of the sight of each other. Um, but yeah, it's um, that's a that's a great game. Altrincham doing better than anyone expected, and and Stockport County are on a fantastic run of form at the minute as well. And they they look like you know they're the sort of team that could beat anyone on the day Stockport County but uh, a real tough one against Altrincham albeit they did beat them the other day yeah and Chester Chris I mean do you think you can can you see them slipping up at Southport yes but I don't think they will I think uh, I think Southport have turned a corner haven't they as we said earlier but I think Chester I think Chester are my tip for, for the league this season I think they've got they've They've got real quality, and where they have got quality is up front. We spoke about Asante before, but 
they look really dangerous going forward and I think that is where they may have their edge on on, um, on the rivals and I think possibly on Southport um, yeah, obviously you've had, you've had Jack Sampson doing really well at Southport so you know they, they've got quality up front as well but I think Chester have just got a bit too much and in the South finally Chris a few tasty games none more so than Torquay versus Truro where both play at playing more currently at the minute and uh, Torquay are the, are the home team in that and uh, not often you say it, uh, in, in the National League where you've got two teams playing e- each other at the, at the same ground that they play at every week No it doesn't happen very often anywhere does it really I used to, was it uh, obviously um, Palace and Wimbledon was it they used to play each other in yeah. the, on the same ground um, for for a little while but it's, it's, not, a, it's not a normal occurrence is it now Obviously, sure, I've got plans to to not be there for for a hell of a lot longer. But it'd be a really interesting game, and don't real Truro out of this one. They'll give Torquay a good game because, as we said before, Truro are on a good run of form at the moment. Another interesting game down at the bottom is Western Supermare versus Gloucester. Now, Western need to beat Gloucester twice to give themselves any chance of survival. Gloucester just above those relegation places and. Uh, that'll be a, an interesting game down there, won't it? Yeah, it's one of those ones uh, that that was in the game call a six points, for, isn't it? Uh, early on in the season, and Gloucester got a chance to put a bit of distance between them and the bottom three. And if you were looking at that after a Gloucester win, if that was to happen, and uh, you know Hungerford and East Thurrock didn't get anything, then all of a sudden there's a five point gap down there, and uh, we'd be looking at that thinking. You know those three sides could be uh, could be in real danger. Like you say, for Western, it, it's a bit like Ashton United. It could really kickstart their season if they do get four or even six points out of that game. Yeah, I think. Look, I think if if Western Supermare uh, don't pick up a win over this festive period, um, they're going to be really struggling, aren't they? they? They need a win from somewhere, and Gloucester's probably the best chance they've got. Yeah, the, like stuffed turkeys if they don't pick up anything over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, another Essex derby which takes place the same day as uh, as Dagenham and Lake Norrie. So Dagenham, Dagenham versus Lake Norrie kicks off at one o'clock. If you've got anything about you, you'll get um, you'll get in your car and then you'll speed over. Well, don't speed over. Don't break the speed limit. But drive, <laughs> <laughs> drive down to uh, Chelmsford and see the Essex derby between Chelsea's and, and Billericay. Chelmsford really inconsistent. They could win that. They could lose that. And Billericay, as we spoke about earlier, will be looking to bounce back from a four nil defeat. Yeah, yeah, they will, won't they? And uh, they've got a. It's a good one to get get back on the back. I'd love to know if anyone is doing that, Luke, speeding from uh, one game to the other. It could be a little bit tight, I would suggest, <laughs> to, yeah. to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, they, they they really do. They could do with bouncing back, couldn't they? When you get beaten four 0 at home, you you um, you probably need a game really quickly, don't you, to try and. Uh, Put to rest the uh, the bad feeling and um, challenge for another one of them size. Win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. So you never know what you're going to get from them. They lost the last one, so you never know they might win this one. So for the playoff place as well, you've got Welling versus Dartford, a Kent derby. That'll be an interesting game. And also Dulwich versus Eastbourne Borough. Again, Dulwich, if they can get a few points out of those games, will give themselves daylight and drag Eastbourne further into it as well. Well, Chris, uh, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, thank you, Luke. Yeah, and well done for uh, managing to get up after your night out. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Luke. I always get up for the podcast. Excellent. Yeah, I've been Luke Edwards. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, 
follow us on Twitter at NL Full Time. And as always, you can listen to us via iTunes, Spotify, or on the podcast app. All that's left for me to do is wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And we'll be back soon to review the Christmas games. Until then, goodbye.